0: When you're lost in the darkness, look for the pod. Specifically, the Prestige TV podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network, where we're breaking down every new episode of HBO's The Last of Us. On Sunday nights, grab your battery and join Van Lathan and Charles Holmes for an instant reaction to the latest episode.
1: Then head back to the QZ on Tuesdays for a deep dive with Joanna Robinson and Mallory Rubin. From character arcs to video game adaptation choices, story themes to needle drops, we'll parse every inch of this cordyceps coded universe. Watch out for mouth tendrils and follow along on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.
0: This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like Available H-Track all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com.
2: Welcome to the Ringer NFL Draft Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly, Ben Sollick, and Craig Korolbeck. And yes, the NFL Draft Show, because we're the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. We changed the name and changed the art. It's complicated, but we're still the same thing. It's kind of
3: weird. Fantasy Show is dead. <laughs> <laughs> to be clear, yep. the Fantasy Show will be back later. But for now, really? since it's draft time, yes. I guess we'll see. We'll see yeah. how we
4: how the next four months go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. So, keep no people, pressure. Keep the people guessing. It's provocative.
2: All right, so Super Bowl is over. If you want to listen to our recap, we recapped it uh, earlier on this feed, which was the fantasy football show, but now it's the draft show. It's a whole thing. Solak probably mm-hmm. recapped it in a thousand places too. My condolences, by the way, Solak. Sorry about that whole thing. <laughs>
5: That's okay. I had the the worst feeling a fan of a team can have, which is tie scoreboard. Late in the fourth, kicking the bottom of homes. and you're just there in person, <laughs> yeah. just watching inevitability dawn. That's how the dinosaurs felt with the meteor man, just looking up, like, yeah, that's gonna hit. That's gonna that's gonna be a sucker, isn't it? Uh, just watching and that land. Not only that.
4: Where we were sitting, we were sitting in the end zone that Mahomes was coming towards. He's like coming so towards like, us. Just yes, exactly. Way closer. Just,
5: the, <laughs> just, just that, that that meteor wearing 15, just getting a little bit bigger, scrambling right into my heart. Just, oh, like buddy, here staring, we
3: go. Staring down a cavalry charge back in the day. Just <laughs> yeah,
5: tough. absolutely. A little, little, little battle of the bastards, except instead of Jon Snow, it's TJ Edwards <laughs> trying to tackle uh, Patrick Mahomes on a scramble. It's a tough one.
2: <laughs> oh my God. All right, well, now we have the draft, which is... You know, like the Super Bowl, but better. Absolutely. Yeah, go with that. These Eagles <laughs> do have a t- top 10 pick. That's pretty crazy.
3: Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous.
2: We're going to go through on the show today. We're just going to go through DK's mock draft, uh, which he actually released a couple weeks ago, and we never actually went through it on the show. So we're going to go through it right now and go to NFL dot com, which is absolutely beautiful and fantastic and has all of DK's extremely Woo. wonderful analysis. And it's also just straight up the best draft card that exists anywhere. So check it out. Thank you. And we're going to literally go through and, you know, when you open a mock draft and you kind of <laughs> scroll and you're like, this is dumb. What's with this? We're going to do that to dig face and be like, why did you do that? Oh, and God. we're going to just, you know, put him on the I'm stand. I'm too tired
3: to defend anything. You know how long the Super Bowl week is, you guys? I mean, you guys were all there. Seven it days? Is long. It's the longest seven days in the world uh, in a good way. But I'm also extremely tired. So... We also went to waste management, which like aged me three years. (laughs) Why did we do that? Well, also it's like I, I, I think this is like the
2: least relatable content is this exact stretch where all these reporters are complaining about I had to go to the Super Bowl and then I'm not complaining I'm
3: saying it was so much fun I'm tired as fuck now that's all I'm saying
4: is it that I mean a lot of normal people go to the Super Bowl it's not
5: like we're (laughs) the only people that get to go to Phoenix it's it's a little relatable as a person who got stuck in the several throngs of pedestrians in front of the auxiliary press box because the stadium has such bad flow I can confirm there were a lot of people at the Super Bowl
2: (laughs) (laughs) that was not safe it wasn't.
5: There were there were crowds. It was rowdy. We were I mean, approaching mob fans. status.
3: And throngs of eagles fans is never safe. Eh. Let's be honest. Yeah, I very much agree. All right, let's get to it. Let's get into it.
2: Let's do it, indeed. All right, number one, DK, you have the Panthers trading up with the Bears. Yeah, and they're going to mm-hmm. take Bryce Young for Alabama. So there's two things here. There's Bryce Young, and then there's the trade up. Let's start actually with Bryce Young. You're sure. Your draft comp for Bryce Young. I love this. It's Fran Tarkenton meets Jason Kidd.
3: Yes. Would you like me to explain that? Yes. So Fran Tarkenton famously is was I guess he was kind of one of the first guys that would just scramble around for about 10 seconds and then make a play. He was the original and a lot of reasons uh, Russell Wilson was compared to Fran Tarkenton is because he's Tarkenton Tarkenton was because he would like to scramble around. He was kind of small. He would evade the rush, just a magician behind the line of scrimmage. And that is exactly what Bryce Young is. And then the Jason Kidd thing is just like Young just always seems to know where everybody is on the field. I always loved that about Jason Kidd. He just know he just had spatial awareness to know where everyone was on the court at any given time. So, put those two together. You got mm-hmm. you got Bryce Young, quarterback out of Alabama, who is tiny is the big problem. He's very small. He's probably he's like an outlier small.
5: The photo of Bryce Young uh, and Mina Kimes, ESPN personality, is making the rounds <laughs> on Twitter today because yeah. they met at some sort of like event, and it's just Mina and Bryce taking a photo looking to be generally the same height as <laughs> some people concerned. Oh Mina has clarified she was wearing four-inch heels. I don't know Mina's exact height, but this is where we're at with Bryce Young. Mina's kind of tall also. She's not short. Yeah, Mark Ingram did an interview with Bryce Young after one of Alabama's games, and they're roughly the same height. Bryce is wearing cleats, and we know Mark Ingram's height. That guy's nine. So it is, it is internet sleuthing hours in these NFL draft streets, trying to figure out just how tall Bryce Young is.
2: Did you guys see the memes that Major League Baseball changed the side of the bases? The side, like the base is going to be bigger. But then people <laughs> like, kept photoshopping the bases to look bigger and bigger until it was like Aaron Judge next to Jose Altuve. That's where we're going to be at with Bryce Young and all the other quarterbacks. It's You know what I mean? It's They're all 6'3, six, 6'4. Six, yeah. And now Bryce Young, this photo of me to climb. She's like, I was wearing foreign shields, all caps, but. Uh, that uh, her clarifying almost makes it worse. I feel like everyone underrates <laughs> the strike like, stand effect.
4: Yeah,
3: <laughs> uh,
4: yeah exactly. If you, like, have to de- if you have to defend it, then that, that's actually a problem.
2: Like I yeah. I also think the most underrated part for you know for all our NFL draft analysis of like, oh, like, you know, all the things we think they're thinking about. Dude, I think it's underrated how much people in the NFL like really are biased against small people. Like big people really don't respect small people in professional sports.
4: Hive, you you just read my mind. I wanted to ask. Where does Bryce Young's size fall on the list of things that NFL GMs care about?
3: I think it's very important. So like take it because I could see you thinking it through. I mean,
5: I think it's two. No, it's three. No, it's two. <laughs> one is crimes. And then two is being small, which is almost a crime, but not. It's because you don't get arrested <laughs> for that one. But like crimes. One is one yeah. is legitimately like off field baggage, you know, is the, the term that's used a lot, which is kind of like a, a very neat and tidy word, but uh, off-field conduct and how that might affect the team's investment of the draft pick and you know, the team's investment in money, how it might affect their, their uh, people, how they view the team, the culture of the locker room, whatever. And then number two, like, and, and the reason I said it might be three is because you might say talent. You might say, like, how good is he at football? But in reality, there are going to be teams who look at Bryce Young's measurables and say, okay, well, he's not going to be on our board. And then they'll watch him. And some of them might watch him and say, okay, this guy's so good. He's such an outlier. He's so, 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 so talented. We are going to put him on our board, even though he's too small. But I would argue there's going to be more teams who will watch him and say, wow, this guy is really good. But we don't take dudes who are, who are that small. And, yeah. and so to me, it's, it's two in, in terms of like the list of things the NFL teams care about.
2: Mike Tomlin yeah. was asked like five years ago, would you ever consider having a safety call the plays on defense and he was like no nobody wants to take instructions from a little man in a huddle let's be honest football's a big man's job that's a quote he said a little man how big is an NFL safety like 6 feet 210 he's like a little man no one wants to hear from him like
5: that's that's an amazing quote I didn't know he gave that that's incredible
3: it's incredible dude this is how they think though is this why everyone hates Russell Wilson is this why all his teammates apparently hate him no I think there's other reasons
2: (laughs) All the short quarterbacks, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Baker, despised by the people they've played Holy with. Like, shit. there's a theme here.
4: We're on what about, about Drew here? Brees? What about Drew Brees? He was okay, like, well, uh,
5: like, <laughs> Drew Brees, I think, was, like, generally liked as a player, but, like, let's talk about some of Drew Brees' off-the-field, you know, investments shamanic. and oh interests. God, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, is this heightism? Is this, his, are we officially NFL's heightest? Is that the title it of the bond? Did we, did we land like, on it?
2: is it? It, maybe there's no respect because they're not tall, or right. maybe something about being short around all these tall guys does something to right. your personality. Right, like manifest destiny you. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Like,
3: I think the other thing to mention about Bryce Young is not just his height, but his frame is very small. With like he, he's Bretts. a small person. He's not. He's not Kyler. Kyler is a thick little guy. Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. thick <laughs> little guy. Sorry, that's just a weird thing to say. But you know what I mean. He, he's. These guys guy. are like built to take hits more than Bryce Young, who's just like. He's short and skinny, so that's not great. He Solak, is he about your size? I am 5'7",
5: a buck 60, which I haven't weighed myself since my two-week travels to Alabama and Phoenix (laughs) for the Super Bowl, so we'll just say 160 and we'll just leave it there. So Uh, he's a little bit bigger than you. Yeah, Bryce is bigger. I also have met Bryce Young. I did not take a photo with him, but I met him at Steve (laughs) Fox's quarterback camp a couple years ago, and I will say that like, that's a camper like CJ Stroud was there, Malik Willis was there. Uh, I'm trying to think about like, like Quinn Ewers was there. A bunch of like, you know, guys who are going to be coming up NFL quarterbacks for there. And Bryce is remarkably small and remarkably slight relative to those guys. Like the, the lack so, like, of body is armor is the scouting term. He's six
4: mm-hmm. foot, matters what, a lot. What is his size? Less Bryce than young? six
3: foot. He's like 5'10". Well, and 5, people 10? are guessing he's going to be anywhere from like 185 to 195 or so. But
2: we're going to put Solak in four inch heels and have him meet Bryce Young, and we're going to see what happens. I, I want to know, DK,
4: if you disagree, could, if, if you have two <laughs> options, you can either add 20 pounds to Bryce Young or you can add two inches to Bryce Young. <laughs> what are you picking?
3: Inches. Oh, pounds for sure for me. Pounds. <laughs> Just <laughs> disagreement. Yeah. Whoa. Just stretch him out. That's all I'm looking for. Well,
5: the thing is, like, the, if you make him taller and he's still that size, he's even thinner now, and I'm worried about like how hits are going to accrue. Sure. He also. Yeah. For a short quarterback, throws over the middle of the field quite well. Now, we have a little bit of Zach Wilson theorem here, which people are like, oh, man, Zach Wilson, such a good processor, such a good pocket manager. And then you watch the BYU film, and you're like, this guy's playing behind a wall. This guy's (laughs) playing behind a physical wall of people. Bryce Young, the Alabama offensive line wasn't great this year, but it was still a lot better than a lot of the pass rushes they faced. And he's so good managing the pocket. So there are some, like... OK, maybe he's not going to be as good in the middle of the field when it's NFL size, NFL speed, and he's not getting the same level of pass protection. But overall, I think the body of work, Bryce Young's good for in the middle of the field. So I don't need too much height on him, to be honest. I'd much rather get the density and feel better about him taking hits, breaking tackles, so on and so forth.
2: The density. I don't know why. But also, <laughs> he, he's good in the a pocket. But we were talking, I think a couple months ago, how Bryce Young kind of stands upright. It's almost like Craig and I are trying to see over all trying the people. To see yeah, the yeah. golfers. He's on his tippy toes all the time. Anyway, wait, let's get to the other side, though, Bryce Young. So the, you have the Panthers trading up here, DK. There's a lot going on. Uh, there's Jason Luckin at CBS said that he, I mean, this is like fourth hand, but it's like he heard that there's a lot of GMs that believe, or not a few GMs that believe that the Bears might trade Justin Fields. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's worth anything because, you know, the Bears might, it makes most sense for them to be willing to do either. And then right. whatever their ultimate plan is. But my other question is the Panthers. Now they have Frank Reich who. Is the quarter? He's now the head coach of the Panthers. I believe he's never actually coached a quarterback under six at three. Or are we going to say that Frank Reich uh, not going to take a small guy? Is Frank Reich short people
3: biased? Does
4: that really matter? Does that matter that he hasn't coached a quarterback under six three? I don't know. Well, That's what yeah. I'm there's thinking.
3: just not very many under six three quarterbacks in the NFLs. There's yeah, there's no has? quarterbacks his size. So uh, Bryce Young's size. So I don't know. I, I actually after I made this mock and talking to people at the Senior Bowl and just basically rethinking it. I think if they do trade up into the number one spot, it would probably be for either uh, Will Levis or CJ Stroud or potentially even Richardson, Anthony Richardson, because um, just I think the combination of Reich uh, and Scott Fitterer, their GM, I think size is going to matter to those guys and, and like physicality and just durability and all that stuff. So I think I would probably change it now at this point.
2: Well, so in this mock here, you got the Texans at the second pick. You got C.J. Stroud going to the Texans at two. And so let me get this straight. The book on C.J. Stroud is, well, he was really good at Ohio State, but is that bad? It's like what we were saying about the Eagles all week. They've led every moment of every game, but what if that's a bad thing? I feel like, is that basically what we're talking about with Stroud?
3: I mean, I don't think that I, I don't I don't know. Is the Ohio State that big of the Ohio State thing is that big of a narrative right now? So, like, are you kept picking up on that? Like, is that something people are actually really talking about a lot? The fact that he went to Ohio State and everything.
5: I think that that always gets talked about because the, the Ohio State quarterback thing is like me, me, and you're just going to bring it up. It also is difficult when, like, the la- the wide receivers he was playing with are all almost winning offensive rookie of the year slash winning offensive yeah, rookie of the like year. Yeah,
3: they're all like top 10 yeah. picks. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs>
5: like Jamison Williams, Garrett Wilson, and, and Chris Olave go like 10, 11, 12 in the draft. And they, all those guys are playing for Stroud. It is, I well, think, James a reasonable was at concern. Bama, but well, he was at good. Ohio
3: State before that because he could oh, yeah, get over right. you know, with oh check, God, uh, Jackson Smith yeah. and Jigma, who's also going to be a first-round pick likely.
5: So there you go, right? That's 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 the long and the short of it. It's like the, the talent disparity is huge. And Ohio State quarterbacks have, even for like the guy who I think is been successful in the league and going to be successful in the league, Justin Fields. Fields absolutely had a learning curve arc over the course of his first year that was like, holy smokes, these guys ain't getting open the way they used to. It's just part yeah. of it. you know. It's absolutely something I think you have to be cognizant of. Stroud's a, quite a good prospect. It's just, the this this matters. It it, it does. There's just other stuff in terms of like film evaluation and how he does on the board. That stuff matters too and you, you weigh it all against
3: itself. Yeah, I think the other thing with Stroud, too, that a lot of people are concerned about. And he he assuaged some of these fears with the how he played against Georgia in his final game in college. But he was very just robotic. Like, he would just drop back, hit his back foot, get rid of the ball. He wasn't trying to scramble. He almost never kept it on the zone read like quarterback option. He, he almost always handed it off. It was like he didn't want to carry the ball. He didn't want to get hit. Or maybe, mm-hmm. on the other hand, he didn't need to because they just had such a juggernaut offense. They just didn't really need him to do that. When they played Georgia... He made a couple of he made like three or four really ridiculously awesome plays out of structure where he you know bobbed and weaved evaded the evaded rushers and threw two touchdowns on those plays. so a lot of teams will be like, okay well, we know he can do that. maybe he just wasn't doing it in this offense because they were just freaking dominating every time or you know what I mean like they just had such good skill talent that he could just get rid of the football and, and go from there. So but I think that is really the big thing with Stroud is can he play out of structure. Is he just so robotic that he's going to be? And this is why I think people compare him a little bit to Goff. Like, can he create on his own? So
2: the Cardinals of the third pick and you gave them Will Anderson, who's the pass out of Alabama and kind of been a presumptive top three pick for like a year or two at this point. And then the Cardinals Mm -hmm. went and hired Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon. And they kind of yeah. did the thing where they agreed on it, but then they had to wait till after the Super Bowl, and then his defense was shredded in the Super Bowl. And it's it actually reminded me of Job buying the Dove in Arrested Development, and then he kills the Dove, squashes it, it
3: against the door. <laughs> and he's like,
2: what's your return
3: <laughs> policy? Uh, I like this pick, actually, for, for the Cardinals still. Ben, do you think this makes sense for a guy like Gannon? Uh, yes,
5: because I think that Will Anderson is a dude who can absolutely dominate as a pass rusher and Gannon's defense. The only time I've seen it work has been the one time he had a dude who's absolutely dominating as a pass rusher, that being Hassan Reddick. Uh, there's not a defense under the sun for which a player like Will Anderson doesn't work because Will Anderson is a ridiculously good pass rusher. And that's every, that that's everybody in the league right now. Like there's, like I said, there's no defensive for for whom it doesn't work.
2: So like for the, you've had a weird, I feel like you've had a, complex relationship watching Jonathan Gannon's defense all year for the Eagles. How should Cardinals fans feel like about this guy where it's like, you know, his defense, I mean, shredded in air quotes. I I feel like that's a little unfair, but I don't know. How do you feel about Gannon in this hire for the Arizona?
5: I'll say this. I don't think coordinator performance correlates as strongly to head coach performance as we'd like it to. Accordingly, when you look at Gannon's uh, record in Philadelphia, really good defense against bad quarterbacks, really good defense against average quarterbacks. And then the second you start to hit good quarterbacks, played Patrick Mahomes twice, played Justin Herbert, Derek Carr even had a great day against him, Dak Prescott. These guys rip this defense to shred. It's a pretty basic lineup and play sort of defense. It doesn't have much to it in terms of, of, of post snap movement and confusion. It doesn't have a lot of teeth, right? And so when you run into a Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, Mahomes just kind of gets whatever he wants the whole game. And even when your pass rush moves him off his spot, He's Mahomes, and that's what the elite quarterbacks can do, and that's why I think like you need a, a an offense that generally like scares has, has 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 more of an impact on on top quarterbacks than, than what Gannon brings. But despite the fact that he had this this defense that had these issues, he was really beloved in Philadelphia and successful in Philadelphia because, or I should say, beloved like by the, inside the team building, the city of Philadelphia did not like Jonathan Gannon, but in the team building, like, <laughs> Nick Sirianni loved him. The players loved him <laughs> <I'm> outside <sorry> the, <laughs> but that's their form yeah, of love. Yeah. 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 They, uh, he was a really good communicator. He was a really good teacher. He was a really mm. good leader. Like they, the details of the players, like in terms of like the film study and how they executed, you could tell like they, they knew what they were doing. There was impressive work there. And the reason I bring that up is to say, I think he can do a good job leading dudes. I think he can do a good job running a team. I think he can be a great CEO coach. If he's like, I also have to call the whole defense, then I'd start to get worried if I was a Cardinals fan.
2: I feel weird. He was a cornerbacks coach till like two years ago. Is it weird? I don't know. It's so odd to me. Like, not even quarter, yes. like a cornerbacks coach in 2020. And then now he, he's just, like, running yeah. a team.
5: Right, and, like, D'Amico Ryans was, like, a linebacker's coach at that time, right? And then D'Amico, and D'Amico went from, like, defensive quality control in 2017 and went all the way up. So you say, okay, what's the difference between a guy like D'Amico and a guy like Gannon? Well, D'Amico had, like, all, like, like a third-round pick in Fred Warner, fifth-round pick in Dre Greenlaw, seventh-round, or an undrafted free agent show you a fifth-round pick in Diameter Lenore, fifth-round pick in Talano Hufanga, a free agent Sam Seppicon. This dude was making a lot out of not a lot on the defense, Gannon mm. had the most loaded defensive cupboards that you're really going to find in the secondary. T.J. Edwards, Marcus Epps, he had some, some guys who obviously came along, but altogether, like they were stacked in terms of talent. D'Amico, I thought, brought guys along a lot better with Gannon. The reason why I think he's risen the way he has is because I think he's a really good interviewer. Like if you listen to his press conferences, <laughs> he's a great communicator. He understands how to like get his message across in one or two lines that are like simple. He has like good like you know zingers. He's got good like platitudes. So sort of stuff like that plays well in interviews. Like, why do guys get jobs? Because they interview well. Why do they yeah. do a good job? Different than interviewing well. And that's why with Gannon, I'll be curious to see what it looks like in Arizona. But I'm not surprised he got it because I, I think he's a really good interviewer.
4: Do you think defensive coordinators rise up quicker to get head coaching jobs than offensive? Like, when you think of somebody like Brandon Staley, who I think was a defensive coordinator for one year before he became a head coach, and now you have Gannon, Sala, mm-hmm. I think was one for three years and then became a head coach. Do you think it's more likely that defensive coordinators rise up the ranks quicker than offensive?
2: Well, if you have the best defense in the league, that's, that happens with Staley or Gannon and D'Amico Ryans. Otherwise, it's like the Zach Taylors who go from quarterback coach. You know what I mean? It's the, getting picked off the offensive guys. I feel like those are the guys that make the leap faster.
5: Yeah, I don't think it's it happens any faster. I do think that the league is desperate for... Defensive, yeah. I, I'm I'm hesitant to say defensive revolution. That's too grandiose of a term. But defensive advancement Edges. to catch up to some of these top quarterbacks. Yeah, and so they start looking for that and hunting for that. Now they bark up the wrong trees because owners like you know good interviewers. That guys at the top button button. That guys would be a good face on the franchise. You know what I'm saying? Like they, yeah. they 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 wanted to look a certain way. A lot of like the the young and recent offensive hires have been like offensive whiz kids and those have been successful. A lot of these recent defensive hires, these whiz kids, have not been nearly as successful. You know who's been successful? The guys who've just been around for 30, 35 years and have been so, so, so good, so steady. Talk about your Bill Belichick, talk about your Mike Tomlins, who's defensive background, talk about your Vic Fangios and talk about your Lou Anarumo, who's who's in uh, 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 Cincinnati. Defensive Coaches tend to be better when they have a really big menu, when they have a really uh, they have a lot of experience and they've seen everything. A Rolodex, and to me, like yeah, going going for some of these these young guys, I think can be missing the forest for the trees there a little bit.
2: Also, that wasn't a joke, like a, a metaphor Rolodex. You literally want defensive coordinators to be old enough that they ha- still have a Rolodex, and that's how you know they don't. They're right not digital.
3: Management. Yeah, no. not at all. Flip phone, flip phone, yeah, <laughs> flip phone.
2: decorders. All right, call to the fourth pick here, DQ, You have them taking Will Levis. Mm -hmm. Uh, if this is how the board shakes out. I mean, first of all, Jim Irsay basically just keeps... You know, we always talk about teams doing subterfuge and keeping everything in shadows. Jim Irsay uh, introduced Shane Steichen as the new head coach and basically was like, yeah, we got to find a young quarterback. And then at one point, (laughs) literally said... Like, he literally was like, yeah, man. Like, there was a joke about them trading back. He's like, I don't know. That Alabama kid's something.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I love this. He's a wild card. like, what are you doing? Oh, yeah. And apparently Ballard, like snapped a, a glance at him, like snapped his head over and was like, dude, shut your freaking mouth. Jim says your uncle saying stuff at Thanksgiving. <laughs> You're like, please He's stop like, talking. It. The, all the beat reporters, too, are saying basically the Colts cannot do like another veteran retread. So I, I don't, maybe there's just, they're just embracing the fact that everyone knows they're going to take a young quarterback or at least assumes that they're going to take a young quarterback and just playing off of that. But it is kind of funny that the owner is basically just saying... Yeah, yeah, we're going to take a guy there. Let's do that. He
2: also tweeted out a picture of him like three years old on a literally riding a bear at what he says at the Lincoln Park Zoo in Chicago. And the caption was my relationship with the Chicago Bears goes back more than 60 years, which I assume is a joke about him trading up for the first
3: pick. Yeah. Except I don't think it's a joke.
5: Are they letting kids ride bears at the zoo? This, <laughs>
3: I, I didn't know I about this wondering. when I was in
5: Chicago. I'd been riding Dude, they weren't
3: even. They didn't use seatbelts back then. People were smoking yeah. when they are 12 Wild, years old. Wild West. Yeah, honestly, the only thing missing from this photo is the
2: cigarette. He should have been smoking while riding the bear.
3: <laughs> what do you think of Levis the fit with uh, Shane Steichen? Steichen? Steichen. Steichen. Is it Steichen? I was thinking more about nicotine bear as a
5: precursor to cocaine bear. <laughs> Okay. Nicotine,
3: bear. nicotine bear is just like even keel he's no longer stressed
5: what did i didn't didn't somebody uh in sports media try to say steichen's name and mess it up i can't recall now it was just or something yeah
4: is it with ch or is it the hard c is it steichen or steichen, it's
5: steichen. i
2: think we steichen. should call him steichen until he really earns like you know maybe like a three game win streak and we'll call him steichen Steichen, all right.
5: Well, anyway, Shane. <laughs> the nice thing about Steichen is he's had a uh, he's had an experience with a lot of different quarterbacks, right? Yeah, Just goes from calling a great offense for Philip Rivers, calling a great offense for Jalen Hurts, two quarterbacks that literally could not possibly be more different if they tried. <laughs> And what impresses me the most about Steichen is just how well he sequences play calls together. He does a really, really good job on Sunday of like figuring out what's going to work for the offense and what won't. Doesn't bash head into the wall really good situationally, right? I think just generally he's a very strong play caller. And I hope that he does call plays in Indianapolis as long as he has the bandwidth for it. What quarterback Steichen leans to, I think it could be any of them. I really don't think that he gives us a particular... Uh, uh, angle with that said, Chris Ballard does because, as Craig asked earlier, how much does this sort of thing matter? Ballard doesn't really draft smalls. You go and you look at the, the the history of him, his drafting of the position. Obviously, we don't have a ton of quarterback because they haven't freaking drafted one. But if we look at like the other positions, they tend to have a lot of bigger guys, uh, at, at the position. Like, look at their wide receiver room where everybody's like six, six, one, six, two plus. This is a, uh, this is a coach who likes tall players and, and a quarter like likes big players. Excuse me. So I, I think that Ballard probably trends towards the bigger guys. Uh, but at this time, Colts are kind of occluded. We don't really know because Ballard hasn't drafted a quarterback. So we don't have a lot of data to go off of.
2: So DK, you had them giving Will Levis, uh, you know, that is, uh, I'll give you a break because that was before the owner literally was like, I like the other guy. But <laughs> you have Levis, the shades of Ryan Tannehill. And I'm curious, like, is he, or I like Craig's comp too. Thad Castle from Blue Mountain State. Like, what? What is, what is the, can you just explain Will Levis? People <laughs>
3: don't know who Will Levis is. Oh my God. Um, Will Levis, he's a bit of a enigma, honestly. He, so like, number one, he has very intriguing tools, really strong arm. He's really athletic. He was used like as intriguing
4: a... Intriguing ta- tools. What a what a
3: Toolsy as fuck. How about that, Craig? Um, he was basically used like a Taysom Hill style player early in his career at Penn State. So he's a very athletic guy. He could be used in the run game if they wanted to. I'm I'm not saying he's going to be like you know as athletic or dynamic as like a Jalen Hurts is, but he can run around a little bit. He's well, you compare guy. to
2: Taysom Hill's unfair because Taysom Hill is like a future Hall of Famer. You don't want to put that on right. One of us this I'd area. rather
3: yeah, I'd rather say he's closer to like you know the MVP, oh, the almost MVP of the league, Jalen Hurts, than like Taysom Hill, who's much better. Um, right? Yeah, yeah, much better. Um, <laughs> but he's very inconsistent. You know, his his accuracy comes and goes. His decision-making is a little bit erratic. I think people are worried about the fact that he's like a 24-year-old coming into the NFL and didn't really develop in his final year in college. He actually got markedly worse. The players around him were worse, but he didn't really, like, elevate the offense as much as people wanted. Basically, it's like he's very toolsy, but he didn't elevate the offense as much as people probably want, and so now they're going to look at him kind of like... I kind of see him as, like, a Justin Herbert-style um prospect mm-hmm. where most of draft Twitter hates him, but the NFL teams love him. So it's going to be very interesting to see where he goes. I think he, had, and Sol- Solak has been the first to say this. He's been saying it for longer than I have. Like, Will Levis might go number one overall. Like, it, it wouldn't be that surprising.
4: Wow. And yeah.
2: Justin Herbert comp really threw me there at the end. Yeah, Solak like, nodded at at the Herbert comp. Why is that, Solak? Why were you, like, vigorous, like, yes, yes, Herbert, Will Levis?
5: Because when Herbert came out, we all were just like, please watch the film. He's not good at throwing the football. And then he was like, <laughs> bah! And then it turns out Herbert was really good at throwing the football, way better than anybody in the league thought, let alone true, we thought true. Like right away. right? Yeah. Like the, the, it was really uh, illustrative of how much the Oregon system and the lack of Oregon weapons held him back. And then you look at what happens in, what happened in Kentucky this past season where they lose Wendell Robinson, they lose Luke or they lose NFL guys from their roster, their OC, Liam Cohen. Yeah their offensive coordinator leaves to join the Rams coaching staff. They bring in Rich Scangarello who Rich Gangarello is just getting jobs trading off Kyle Shanahan's name. He's just never had a good offense underneath him. That's a whole separate conversation. And they they really, really, really struggle. Kentucky does on offense. And when you go and you watch, okay, like why are they struggling? What's exactly happening? You see a dude in Levis who, who's playing like he has the entire world on his shoulders, who knows he has the entire world on his shoulders, doing everything he can to keep this offense together. And it leads to some really good plays, leads to some really bad plays. I like, like I'm, so completely and totally fine with Levis. Like, I think that 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 Tannehill comp is a really, really good comp. I remember I was texting Danny mm-hmm. when the first time I did Levis film, like, over a month ago, and I was like, dude, this dude's just like Kirk Cousins. Like, what's the big deal? Like, it's just a good Kirk. He's just a nice, nice, solid Kirk. Nothing, good nothing Kirk wrong with a good Kirk. Yeah. And, but so much is going to get uh, uh, folded into his evaluation because of the quarterbacks he's being measured up against he's a white quarterback versus a black quarterback he's going to get like the pocket passer he's going to get like the leadership thing that like right. a guy like cj stroud's not going to get because stroud's just a quieter dude like it, so much of, of the issues with quarterback evaluation that we've really tried to bring into the spotlight over the last like five years they're captured in a guy like levis such that if he does go one over young and he does go one over stroud it's going to be a, a, a high, heavily scrutinized and examined decision and deservedly so you know it's just a lot of good quarterbacks in this class and Levis is one of them. And so if he, if the separating factor is that he just like has good vibes, that's not necessarily a great process.
1: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house, everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.
0: This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like Available H track all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads, so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at hyundaiusa.com.
2: Well, I'd like to do a little compare and contrast here, and so that's the Colts. DK, you have the Will Levis going to the Colts at four. The fifth pick. You have the Seahawks. You know they're taking um, Jalen Carter of Georgia, but the Seahawks have two picks in this draft. You also have the Seahawks taking at twenty Anthony Richardson, the quarterback out of Florida. I want to just skip to that because okay. you've got Anthony Richardson at Florida going twentieth, and I think you know you're not out on a limb there. I think the general consensus is like you know Stroud, Will Levis, Bryce Young are going to go in some order depending on the team interest and trades, and then Richardson's like his own tier of this ball of upside. Solak described him as basically like underbaked Josh Allen, except playing <laughs> in the SEC instead of like at Wyoming. Right.
5: And, Josh Allen with a little gooey center. Yeah, yeah
2: exactly. <laughs> Paul Hollywood's like, oh no, it's a little underbaked. I can't do it. Yeah, there except. it is.
5: Stodgy.
2: But stodgy. <laughs> you never want to hear stodgy. At some point we should rank all the things you don't want to hear from Paul Hollywood on British baking show. Um, Garish. Oh my God. But, why? Garish. <laughs> Dude, that's the worst one. Mary Berry <laughs> said something a woman made once was garish, and I didn't know what that word even meant. And my mom was like horrified. She was it's like, like oh ostentatious, right? <laughs> I don't know. It was so,
5: th- yeah, like far far too like colorful and bright and like in your face. <laughs> yeah. yeah
2: was, well, you do not want to have an old British woman say garish about mm. anything you just bake. Okay. About. Anyway, I don't know how that I'm just I'm excited for me to be the first person to pivot from Will Levis to British Baking Show, but serious question what is like one thing Will Levis does well that Anthony Richardson like can't do? Like, why is Will Levis going to go ahead of Anthony Richardson in this draft? Because here's my thing. I get that Anthony Richardson is like chaotic, right? But he's two years younger than Will Levis. When Will Levis was Anthony Richardson's age, Will Levis was Taysom Hill at Penn State and had to transfer just to play quarterback somewhere. So like, how is Anthony Richardson younger than Will Levis? Like, how is he not... Gonna go above Will Levis. I don't get it.
3: Yeah. I think it's it's hard. It's difficult. Number one, he might go high. Like he there's a chance This one team loves Richardson and he just goes number one or number two or whatever. Like there, I think he's it's in the realm of possibility. The big thing with him is I believe he has 13 starts in his total college career. You know, we're talking like similar number of passes in college as like Trey Lance had. Like he Trey is. Trey Lance went rough. third,
2: though. And Matt Jones it's, went fifteenth.
3: Absolutely. So maybe he does go that high. Like we don't really know. And the other, I think the thing too is um, like Trey Lance was in, I would say he was, he felt like a little bit more of a polished passer, but I think Richardson is getting undersold for how much polish he has in in the pocket. Like he can move around in the pocket. I think he has the ability to, you know, go through his progressions, do all that stuff. He's just getting a lot of, it's almost like cliches, but I do think there is something to the idea that he has 13 starts. Like that's not good. That That's typically, that's really not translated to the NFL very well at all. And look at where Trey Lance is now. Um, not to say that he's, his career is over, but like having experience with live bullets in, in games is so important for these quarterbacks. So I think there's probably going to be the perception that Will Levis has more polish. He has more experience, you know, he's seen more mm-hmm. things like he's just able to deal with stuff that like only you can only get with experience versus live reps. And so I think the big thing with Richardson is like, he has legit elite potential. He might be the most gifted quarterback. You know, he's by far the most gifted quarterback, I would say physically in this draft, but like he might be one of the most gifted quarterbacks in the NFL, like period, just based on his skill set. But you may need like a few years to develop him because he just literally has like almost no experience. It's, it's kind of crazy coming into the NFL with 13 games, 13 starts. So Um, I think that's the main thing, but like, basically I actually really like Richardson. a lot of people, a lot of Seahawks fans accuse me of basically like setting this draft up to be like my perfect scenario. And like, they're not wrong. This would be awesome. I do wonder how many teams are going to like be willing to invest like a high first round pick on a guy with that, few college starts and college passing attempts. You know what I mean?
2: I love that many people were like, DK's like, many people accused me of, and they're kind of right. And-
5: <laughs> yeah. That's the thing about whenever you're accused it's by a lot of people about something, you've often, you've done it. <laughs> I would say like, I think Levis is a better thrower right now than Richardson is. Mm-hmm. I think he's got more arm angles, uh, more accurate. He's got uh, and the, the ability to kind of like throw in the move and throw from weird positions better than Richardson does. Richardson is so long and such a big dude that it can be tough for him to like do little sidearm release or like throw yes. on the, like, you know, while yeah. his feet aren't connected to the ground. he's just huge. And so it's really hard to like whip that thing around. Levis, the reason why like Kirk immediately came to mind is cause Levis has got this little like three quarters release that's extremely kirk where and, it, and it's deadly accurate. It lets him get around guys when they're unblocked, when he's on rollouts. Like, I think he's a better thrower right now. If you took all the dudes and push their if you took like Levis and 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 Richardson and Stroud and Young and push all of their sliders up to a so they were the most accurate versions of themselves the most you know they they could hit their throw power consistently whatever Richardson would be the best thrower of the football it's just he's not there yet and right now Levis is like Levis you could drop that dude in a, in a, in like a McVay offense tomorrow and he could throw the ball at an NFL level I have no doubt about that Richardson you're still trying to figure it out
3: and that manifests I agree with that completely that manifests in like he'll just like completely miss on just like a little dump off to the outside swing pass or whatever. And it's just like, why, how did you, how do you hit a guy 30 yards downfield? And then the next play, you just like over throw it over his head on just a five yard out route or something. So yeah. that, that it, it just the sporadic, the accuracy comes and goes. It's just, you know, he, he just literally needs more reps, I think.
4: It's like Josh Allen, right? I mean, that was, that was the comp, right?
3: Yeah, he's more Josh Allen than Levis, I think. Because Le- Levis is going to get Josh Allen comps, but... When somebody says Levis reminds
5: me of Josh Allen, I don't listen to the rest of what they say. <laughs> Unless they're like, as a dude. I'm like, okay, cool, whatever, I don't care.
2: But I think Anthony Richardson really is the comp to Josh Allen. And Josh Allen's comp was basically Cam Newton. And that's what I feel like with Richardson. And I, I don't know, I guess of everything we've watched in the NFL... Last few years, I I don't know, especially also, I feel like the other part of this I think about with Richardson, I feel like the Eagles kind of showed the future of football in that Super Bowl where it's like the the way that they were running that offense with Hurts and everything. Just I don't know. It's like, why can't seriously, why shouldn't the Eagles take Anthony Richardson with the 10th pick? And then just let him sit by Jalen Hurts for two years. And if Hurts gets hurt, they 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 have Richardson. Like, wh- wh- And then you could trade him for more? Like, why? This is wh- not allowed. It- it.
3: Don't put that into the world.
2: But what can Anthony Richardson do? Like, what can Jalen Hurts <laughs> do that Anthony Richardson could not do with two years on the bench learning?
3: I know.
5: Like, I am not even slightly kidding you. And I'm telling you, like, Eagles Twitter is 100% think there's a chance this is happening. And is dreading this happening. <laughs> well, but that's what, how it is. Why
2: shouldn't they?
5: Well, like, right. Hurts like, is the starter. The
2: ar- Richardson's the backup,
5: right? So the argument, right, being that uh, you bring in Richardson. Richardson develops behind Hertz uh, if he gets any reps after like Hertz gets banged up, you know, person the shoulder injuries. So Richardson can play for a couple games, give him some good experience, and then maybe Richardson develops along, and then he's a starting quarterback. And then you move on from Jalen hurts. You don't have to pay him fifty million dollars a year, and you keep Anthony Richardson nice and cheap. All of that is well and good in terms of like maximizing expected value out of players. And manipulating the cab and giving yourself competitive advantages. Then you have to go tell AJ Brown. And that's where it gets dicey. Because AJ Brown. What if you
2: keep both? It's it's Hertz is clearly the leader of the team. But like, why shouldn't they keep both? Or even just Shane Steichen went to the Colts. Why shouldn't the Colts just take Anthony Richardson and be like, all right, cool, we're gonna do all that again.
4: Well, it's the eagle. Isn't it really freaking weird if you just almost won the Super Bowl and your tenth pick in the draft is a backup quarterback? No, I get that.
2: What, what? Yes. My larger
3: point <laughs> is, but if, forget the weird? Eagles doing it. Yes, it is weird.
2: Aren't the vibes slightly <laughs> questionable? My larger point is Shane Steichen. Shane Steichen just left and go to the Colts. Let's just say teams trade up above them. Like if the Colts took Anthony Richardson. And just we're like, all right, you're going to either sit behind, a, you know, a vet for one year or whatever. I, I, I guess I'm just confused of everything we're learning about where the NFL is going. It's not that Anthony Richardson can't fail. Obviously, he's like, you know, it's a high, you know, upside guy. But like, I don't know what what right. part of it. like He's a cyborg. He's a flamethrower. Like, I don't know. It's like can't you teach him so to I, do right. all the things that Jalen Hurts does?
5: Hopefully. I mean, like Hurts is a unique story in that, like yeah. the past seven years, Hurts has gotten better. Like Hertz showed up at Alabama and was like, "All right, we got to bench this guy in the national championship game for two a tongue of my love because he can't hit the broadside of a barn." Seven years later, he's playing in the Super Bowl. Like it's it's bananas how well Hertz has developed as a player. Development is not linear, nor is development easy. It's hard to say, okay, we get Richardson in the building, and then he's a little bit better through year one, and then we get to year two, and he's a little bit better. I wish, but that's not always the case. You have to. That that's an important thing to remember, and. What I would say to, to the Richardson point, like let's take the Colts as an example. Chris Ballard almost lost his job this year. I think that's fair to say, right? One of the reasons why Ballard almost lost his job is because they've never gotten a young quarterback in the building who is, is you know, the guy who, who, who's going to be the dude for the Chiefs and going to get a second contract or be the dude for the Colts, get a second contract, take them to the playoffs. So if you're Ballard right now, you are thinking you get one shot to draft a young quarterback. And if it doesn't work, you're going to lose your job. You're also thinking, if it doesn't work fast, I might lose yeah. my job regardless. If Richardson comes in and has to sit for a year behind Jacoby Brissett and we're watching Jacoby Brissett by week 12, Jim Mercer might show me the curb, right? He might show me the door. That's what I'm looking for. Kick me to the curb. The number one most important thing, thats what I always say to remember, is that a general manager's second most important job is to win championships. First most important job, keep the job, (laughs) cash those checks. Hang on, baby. This is a tough business and it is easy to lose this job. And so with Richardson, you have to have a good environment to develop the quarterback, good quarterbacks, coach, patience from the front office, patience from the coaching staff, patience from the ownership, veteran quarterback ahead of him to show him the ropes. You also, though, need to understand that if it doesn't work, you're probably gone. And General managers don't want to bet on a very unsure thing, even with a super high ceiling, if they feel like their job security is in question. That's why John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan took Trey Lance because it's like, yeah, man, we're, we ain't going anywhere. We're killing this. Let's see if we can <laughs> really swing for the fences here.
2: Can you guys rank the quarterbacks based on the won't get me fired metric? CJ Stroud, number one, and they won't get me fired?
5: No, Levis is one. Really? I'd say Interesting. for sure. Yeah, no, Levis is like, you know. Hey, sir, how are you? I'm excited to be a Carolina Panther. <laughs> ah, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, 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 and give this guy a chance. He's a leader.
3: Firm handshake. Do his teammates like him? I think his teammates like him, right? Love him. Yeah. Love him. Part of me wanted to compare him to Carson Wentz, but like, no one likes Wentz. And like, Will Levis is liked by everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe
4: I'm <laughs> coming around on Will Levis now. I don't really hear a lot of everyone. Now that I hear Ben being Levis like, is listen, good. He's totally yeah. fine.
5: He really, really is. Like, like the Tannehill comp works because everybody likes Tannehill. Tannehill's a really su- tough son of a gun. He can hang. Uh, Levis is like a fine first-round quarterback prospect. Right, you you right. can't be convincing yourself that you're getting, you know, Josh Allen. That, you're your, your lying to yourself there, but he's a fine prospect. It's just bi- a big part of his if appeal Will, to teams is going to be, yeah, the
3: handshake.
4: If Will Levis was in last year's draft, would he be the first quarterback taken?
3: Yes. Yes, because I'm literally I'm tr- I'm literally trying to remember who the quarterbacks were from last year. <laughs> it, like, Pickett, took
4: Ritter, <laughs> Malik Willis.
3: Yes, he would be, yeah. for sure.
4: He would have been, what about, for sure. What about Anthony
3: Richardson? Oh, that's a good question. I think he would have probably gone ahead of everyone, but maybe Pickett ahead of him, but I don't know.
5: Nah, I think Richardson would have gone before Pickett. Yeah. Richardson right now. Obviously, like last year, Richardson had played one game. The right. player that we've got right now, I think Richardson would have gone before Pickett.
4: I always like to compare it to a draft before just so I can like have better context.
3: Last year's draft, last year's quarterbacks class was like a all-time bad class. I feel like, and we—I don't even think we realized it at the time. Like we were still low on them going in, and then the NFL was like five levels lower. You yeah. know what I mean? And then we. No, everyone I sat on thought, this
5: podcast for four months. I was like, <laughs> the NFL is obsessed with quarterbacks. They always go for them. We're not going to get EJ manualed, and then we got thoroughly EJ manualed.
3: That was a very strange thing. Like I feel like that yeah. almost will never happen again. Like teams well, it was are always like
2: super bad. It was the beginning of super bad. It's like you ever seen Kenny Pickett on his own. Not for me.
3: Yeah.
2: Well, Pickett's... Pick well, I don't know if we need to like single him out. Specifically.
4: <laughs> <laughs> he's fine. He's, been, he's fine so far.
5: I was just on a walk with my dad because I'm, I'm home right now and he was complaining about Matt Canada and then he starts going, oh, but Mike Tomlin will always get us a winning season. Whatever. And I was like, yeah, dad, that's sick. Gosh, <laughs> Steelers fans drive me nuts. Steelers <laughs> fans
2: are so weird. It's so odd. It's like... You so can't privileged. criticize the Steelers, but they like have to criticize the Steelers or they're like, I don't know. It's not. I'm, yeah. All right. I'm dating a Steelers fan flex, but just getting that out of the way. Okay. DK, I'm scrolling through your mock draft. You also yes. have the Raiders seventh. You have them taking Christian Gonzalez here, obviously. So that's the news of the week. We're recording this Wednesday. Ra- uh, Raiders cut Derek Carr this week, released him. One, I find this very funny, just overall how this played out. Um. They made him walk the plank. I think it's funny. Derek Carr always looked like a pirate and was on the Raiders. No one ever got like the
3: eyeliner. Yeah. We
2: never talk about that. How is that? Why is he like that?
3: It's just natural. He just looks know. like a
2: natural pirate? dark
4: eyelashes.
3: I don't Listen, know. Maybe
5: he's born with it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's Maybelline. There you There's go. There's no way. You maybe could, it's yeah, exactly. Maybelline. <laughs> he
3: has preternatural uh, eyeliner. Who knows?
2: Ooh, anyway, uh, I have been wondering, because if you're the Bears, that's why I kind of don't... I I, I kind of don't know if the Bears are going to trade Justin Fields because the way I look at it with the Bears, the first pick, is if this... Literally forget the real-life NFL. You're in a fantasy football league, and you have the first pick in the draft, and you can trade the picks. And everyone just really wants a quarterback. I I don't know. Just go with me here. Everyone wants a quarterback. And the people who are behind you are desperate. The Jim Ursay. Already talking about how he wants the quarterbacks. Mark Davis and the Raiders, cut their quarterback, don't really have a plan to replace him. And then you've got the Panthers who have literally done nothing but sift through everyone else's trash a quarterback for three years trying to get one. And I'm like, those are three desperate owners trying to trade up. And I'm curious, do you think the Raiders end up with a vet like a Der- an Aaron Rodgers? Or do you think the Raiders and the Panthers are going to basically end up in a bidding war to get to that first spot with Chicago? But if Chicago takes a quarterback, too, then, like, is it the Cardinals? Like, I don't know. How do you guys see the landscape here with the DK? Start with you. Like, yeah. dude, what do you make of the Raiders right
3: now? It's really weird. Extremely tough to, to read that. Even Jarrett Stidham, I think, is a free agent. So, you know, who knows what's going to happen there? But the whole offseason, to me, I felt like they just been they're going to target the veteran market for this, especially because they have Devontae Adams in a contract. Like, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be someone that they go after. Maybe even a guy like Jimmy G. There's there's a couple of guys on the. Bridge and market that they could go and get and like get by with. I don't know if I see them trading up to number one, but you know, obviously, we can't totally preclude them from doing that.
2: Well, Mark Davis shaved his head. So he's basically like a Bond villain. Is that real? Was it not? Did I get photoshopped and I just saw a picture of it? I (laughs) I don't know. I
4: looked, I believe it's
2: real. Oh, wow.
4: What would be more expensive if you're the Raiders trading up to one or trading for Rodgers?
2: Well, I think Mark Davis's Mm. hair plugs for years were like way more expensive, and that now they're funding it the funding, the possibility of paying Rodgers.
4: Now they have some extra money to go around. Yeah.
5: Now. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's trading up to number one, but I'm not
2: sure. And
5: that's why I'm saying <laughs>
2: I. I think it's number one's more expensive because <laughs> more people want to do it. The Colts want one. Yeah. And I think the Panthers are going to want one. And Rodgers, realistically, there's literally a maximum of three teams. But the quick thing with Rodgers, he's on his darkness retreat. So I feel like he's not listening to this podcast. Hmm. Um so I'll just talk about it. would be really I,
4: funny if he was. He was just like floating in in like highly salted water. So he's floating in, in pitch black darkness, <laughs> butt <laughs> naked. The only thing he's got going on is R-Pod
2: Well, that's sensory deprivation. He's just in a room. Like he's in like a prison right. cell with the slot.
4: Well, some senses are being deprived, right?
5: Right,
2: it's, it's like four out of five sensory deprivation,
3: deprivation.
5: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just the only thing he hears is me going like, Levis is a Kirk, man! Like, <laughs> just my stupid voice.
2: He's like, nodding along and he's like, yeah. he's right, Levis is yeah. like, It was really uh, a media
4: darkness retreat for him to just consume as much media as he can in a room. <laughs>
5: <laughs> that doesn't sound relaxing or pleasant. Like a good way to decompress from the season. I got to tell um, you, we're making
2: fun of this 10 years from now. It's going to be like the new thing is to just be four days without your phone. Just in was, the dark. The, Everyone's going to love The first it.
5: thing I said, the first thing I was Super Bowl week, people were like, Roger's going on sensory deprivation. How dumb. I was like, that sounds awesome. Right now, it are does. you kidding me? I'm in radio row. There's 10 bajillion lights, cameras, and people doing radio shows and podcasts everywhere. All I want to do is be in a cabin where none of you can find me.
3: Yeah, but people Seriously. have been going out to the woods and camping for fucking generations. He's going into a dark room. He's literally doing like. Solitary confinement on purpose. Yeah.
0: He There's he a difference. Keeps being like, There's you know a this difference. is against the
2: Geneva Convention. It's fucking torture. <laughs> anyway, uh, here's the thing for Rodgers. I think for all those reasons, a lot of teams are like, you know what, I'm out. But the short thing with the Rodgers trade package, they have to pay him $100 million cash, basically. But he could play a year and be out. And so they're like, we're not going to just give you a first round pick, the seventh pick, and then maybe like, pay him a hundred million cash for like, you know, one year. So I think you're going to have to give up uh, the Raiders or Jets would have to give up like a third rounder this year. And then if Rogers is literally just commits to playing, so whatever they want to do, like on the roster week one or whatever, then they'll let, all right, we'll give you a first rounder next year. Cause they're not going to get stuck paying him 50 million a year and, you know, either have him retire on them. It's like, we'll give you the first, it, no, he comes back for two seasons, which makes sense, honestly but you couldn't get the first overall pick with a third and a future first.
5: I also, yeah, a lot of it depends on how desperate the Jets are, but I do think it costs more to trade up to one. I think the Raiders will go veteran. Uh, the other thing is, I think the Raiders have a good trade piece in Darren Waller, whose contract is very tradable. Ooh. And when he came back from injury and they were just like still starting, Foster Moreau it was kind of like, hey, what's up? T- well, hey, what's yeah. going on over here, guys? Yeah. Uh, and they talked about Waller was rumored to be part of the Devontae Adams trade back in the day. Like The Packers were trying to get Waller folded in. Uh, and so if they're doing another Packers trade, I know the Packers are interested in Waller. Uh, so I would not be surprised if it's like Waller plus premium pick plus small pick. And then that's how they end up uh, getting Rodgers to Las Vegas.
2: So where do we think Derek Carr goes? Because the Texans and Colts are probably going to draft a quarterback. They're not going to do a veteran. The Raiders are um, out. I feel like the Titans moving on from Ryan Tannehill to go get Derek Carr would just be like a weird move. Yeah, like, why that doesn't make do sense. that? So is it basically just Derek Carr? It's basically either the Jets or like the NFC South. Panthers, Saints, Falcons, bucks take your pick. Or like the Jets, is that basically like one of those teams?
3: Yes.
5: things so. That's pretty much everybody, right? You said Falcons?
3: Did you say Colts? They're not going to do the Colts. We just talked about how they're not going to do another retread. But who knows? Maybe they will. Buccaneers, because he's like a pirate. He could just stick with the theme.
2: He wouldn't
4: even have to dress up for
2: Halloween.
3: <laughs> just wears his uniform. All right, I want to
2: button up this quarterback thing. Of these four guys, if you guys were running a, G- a team, and you were the GM, and you actually had job security, who would you pick? <laughs> Like, not like, oh, I have to keep my job. Like, you're like, oh, I, I would like to build around this human being.
5: Yeah, I struggle with this question a lot because I like all these guys. I don't love any of them. I think the answer for me is young. If I have job security, yeah. then yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take the small. It's just tricky because, like, I think if young, I think young's first year in the league is going to be great. And I think his second year in the league is going to be great. And then I think the hits are going to start to accumulate. And I just don't know how long the time horizon is on Young and that's why like when Young gets drafted and he isn't the first overall pick and then he ends up playing Incredibles first year we're do a whole like everybody was so dumb and they just thought they couldn't draft him because he's small and looking to be so good now and it's like yeah it's not about now it's about five six seven years from
3: now and how long his career is relative to the other guys but I think Young is the, the horse I hitch my wagon to yeah I agree um he's just the best football player of the, of the four I mean obviously the other guys I think have hurt Richardson in particular has the highest upside I think but I also think Levis has a very high upside but I, I would say Bryce Young is just a pure and natural football player he's just a gamer he's really fucking good at football and I would football and like, Jesse. Yeah, I would just most likely want that guy on my team. You could do like the you could do the crypto thing, you could start having commercials and then just just dump all your stock just trade him after 3 years and you don't have to worry about the rest.
2: <laughs> Pump and dump quarterbacks.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> It's so funny.
4: I've never heard less positive talk about the guy potentially going number two overall in the draft in CJ Stroud. Like, we just, we it's all yeah. Bryce Young. We we jump right to Will Levis and how toolsy he is and interesting and a great guy. Then we go to Anthony Richardson, the most physically talented quarterback we've seen in a long time and so raw. And then CJ Stroud's just sitting there, going to go number two overall, and nobody gives a shit.
3: I think, I honestly think there's a little bit of, I'm not saying he's tr- like Trevor Lawrence level prospect, but there's a little bit of like just fatigue over talking about this guy because we talked about him a lot last year too. And, you know, he's just sort of been the guy that everyone assumed is going to be the guy. And he puts up these elite numbers. He's like, I mean, his numbers are absolutely absurd, you know? And so I think maybe there's just a little bit of that going on. And he also is just not flashy. Like he doesn't have like a big personality personality. He doesn't, and other than that last game at Georgia, like he he doesn't really do stuff that's like, whoa, holy shit, look at that. Like most of it was just like he hits his back foot, gets it out and throws like a 50-yard touchdown or whatever. He just distributes the football to his playmakers, lets them do the work. And she's not a flashy player, um, but I do think he's a very good player. He, so he, I comped him to late career Dak Prescott. Like he's just solid. Like he just distributes the football. He's not really that flashy, you know? Um, and so I think there's a little bit of that going on.
2: Yeah, Craig, what's the kind of movie that's like a a type of movie that if you want to make it now that the executives are like, oh, no, no one wants to go see that anymore. It's like a pocket passer that can't really run. And you're like, okay, but like it's kind of it's (laughs) it's a solid movie. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't have to be the Avengers.
4: Uh, It's like literally every movie before 2010. They're just like, now we're good now. We just want to make superhero movies. A movie like here's a perfect one. Scent of a Woman with Al Pacino and our boy.
5: (laughs) That's a name. That's a name for a movie.
4: Yeah, that movie's about, like, a war veteran who's blind who travels around with this young kid for two and a half hours, like, learning about life. And it's like, that, that ain't happening. That's, that's not happening. these It's not going into the theaters.
3: By the way, listen to The Town, amazing podcast that Craig produces. It's about, and, and some of the episodes lately have been just about, like, what's happening to movie theaters? Like, what are we going to do with oh my movie God. theaters?
2: We got to have, we should do Craig and Matthew Bellany on for cross episode. We're just going to compare all the quarterbacks to types of movies. Ooh.
5: I like that. Boom. We could do that. That would be fun. I'm well equipped
2: for that show. <laughs> <laughs> Does Solik more about movies? Is, is Is Melanie a,
3: a football fan? Uh,
4: a little bit. Yeah, he doesn't have, he's not like a diehard NFL guy, but he went to Berkeley.
3: He roots for Berkeley. So no. Big Rogers guy.
4: I'm trying to think of who Will Levis is. Will Levis is just a good movie. Just, you know. It's like hyphens. It's how you feel about Bullet Train. You're just like, yeah, I had a great time, great movie. Dude, <laughs>
5: no, no, I love you Bullet know. Train.
4: It's not gonna win Best Picture, but you know,
5: I watched on, on the flight out uh, back home. I watched where the crawdads sing, and yeah. I was just crying in my chair. And I
2: was like, Do I don't watch <laughs> movies, man. This is, this awful. is <laughs> awful. I, I feel next something.
0: To me. That's
3: ah.
2: amazing. Give me the Leo <laughs> Chenal tape.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. I,
2: I
5: was watching. I was watching Josh Downs before I watched the movie. I don't like Josh Downs, by the way. I don't care where the Josh Downs hype is coming from, but that's in a separate conversation. Too small or what? Yeah, too small. And like air raid offense. And like, don't we know that these guys are fake by now? Yeah, I'm not. i into it. <laughs> by the way, Anthony Richardson is Babylon.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Let's just do this right now. Okay, Anthony Richardson's Babylon.
3: Uh, what's Will Levis? Will Levis is like Transformers. No, no. no. What movie does every dad love? <laughs>
2: Oh, he's like a World War II movie. Levis is like Letters from Iwo Jima or something. It's like, I don't know. Yeah, cool. World War II, Clint Eastwood dads are in. I can see he's Clint like,
3: Eastwood being like, well, Oh, Levis's yeah, he's the Clint Eastwood grandfather. movie. He's like
4: Unforgiven
2: or <laughs> yeah.
3: something. He's, par- he, he's he's like uh, vaguely related to the Eastwoods. I could see Is
4: that. C.J. Stroud like a boring movie, but it won Best Picture? It's like Shape of Water. Everyone's like, I don't really get it, but it's all the critics seem to like it. <laughs> the artist. <It's-
2: laughs> yeah. So, I mean, Bryce Young is Ant-Man just kind of sitting right there. Oh.
5: Oh, wow. Good one. It's mean, but it's correct. All right,
2: let's get to some emails. Um, We got an email uh, from William. Okay. William. William. Yeah, William. We had an extended conversation, Solak, after the Super Bowl about how the flyover was perfectly timed. And we were like, how do they always do that?
5: with Stapleton saying brave. I remember watching Hyphus watch the flyover and being like, yo, this dude loves a flyover. Hyphus <laughs> is all about, all about this flyover. <laughs> <He settled> down, <laughs> <dude>. <laughs> <laughs> right. I've got my watch out and I'm clocking the anthem. That's what I'm passionate about. And I look over <laughs> and Hyphus is just like, duffling planes,
3: dude. It's, and I was like is yeah, just like up in his seat, like pumping his fist. So, I was yeah.
2: recording. Fuck I was yeah. also in the stopwatch for the, the <laughs> anthem. Completely <laughs> forgot to hit the stop button because I was just looking at the
3: planes.
4: Yeah, the media is not allowed to cheer for the game, but for the for the flyover, you can do whatever you want.
3: I think on two feet screaming. Well, whatever. Sirianni is up there bawling on the big screen, so yeah. it's all right.
2: Well, DK's always talking about how his son's really into uh, cars and trucks, and I'm like, I'm basically
3: just still a child just for planes. I'm just like, dude, planes fly. No one talks. People are planes not talking flying it low. It har- it's pretty fucking awesome. They're very no loud. One?
2: This is crazy. Like, yeah. no one. Talk- how are no they talks doing that?
3: that? It's just a chunk of metal. It's just fucking flying. How's that happen?
4: How are clouds a billion pounds? I don't They're know. I don't get that, anything <laughs> in the sky.
3: Literally, Crazy. it's just fucking
5: it's like explosions get are powering in here this right thing. now. And explain to me how wings work. You're
4: telling me a, a giant metal plane flies <laughs> directly through a one billion pound cloud, and we're fine? We're just inside that. We're just accepting that?
3: Craig's doing the, the, the molecules <laughs> bit, right? We're just accepting yeah. that? I'm molecules? Oh, yeah. The world's made of <laughs> molecules. Okay. Got it. Meanwhile,
2: it's like, oh, the, 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 this wall, don't touch it, paint's wet. You're like, I don't know. I got to see for myself.
3: Okay. <laughs> We're anyway. all made of molecules. This chair's made of molecules. Okay. Got it. How do the molecules know it's me? How do, how do we know that, that I'm, those molecules know I'm me? Okay. Anyway, what did William say? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I have to gather. So William said, um, after years of listening and being asked to send it an email, it's finally my turn.
3: You <laughs> we're guys just badgering William, called it up to the big email. Leads.
2: My favorite genre of email is actually when someone has always wanted to email us and waits until they we ask about something that's exactly their expertise. He says, "You guys were discussing how the military can be so accurate with flyovers. Well, I'm an air traffic controller working at a high level facility in Los Angeles. Wow, Wow. Not Same. the guy with the orange wands, by the way. He said I've worked with B two bombers over the Rose Bowl and the Rose Bowl Parade just this year. Fun wow. fact: the B two bomb we found. We, we ladies and gentlemen, we channel, found the him, we guy.
4: <laughs> Can I claim William as a friend? Can I be like I have a friend who actually works for Ohio <laughs> Ohio in a high level facility?
0: in LA.
2: <laughs> Fun fact: this year the B two bombers flew all the way from Texas. And the timing to do the flyover was within a two minute frame.
3: How do they do that. That's ridiculous.
2: So he says it's literally just a matter of being accurate and precise and precise with routing and timing, the winds, the aircraft, the speed, the precise GPS routing, all are just calculated to a T so that the aircraft can get there at a specific time. And then they hold do a holding pattern around the area. Once there's about 30 seconds left to the music, they get the go and they get to the stadium at the precise time. And then also, the artists know there's a flyover, so they extend their vocal notes to coordinate, you know, the flyoff.
3: Also, there's four of them, so they have to like maintain formation. So that's like not
5: easy either, I'm assuming. I just love this idea of just the planes just like circling the stadium ominously, <laughs> getting ready to like, up here, ha! Ah!
3: Yeah, but the, the, the video weird video thing is, outside. <laughs> whenever you see the videos though, they're not like just circling the stadium. They're like, they fly straight. they're probably
5: circling, they're probably (laughs) circling like a mile away or something.
4: Well, the
3: county because they're
5: planes, they're fighter planes. Here's my thing. I want to interrogate this because William's question, there was a little sneaky thing at the top there he didn't want us to catch. William said, hey, I'm an air traffic control guy. I work at a very important whatever spot in LA and I'm not one of those orange wand peasants. All right, I'm not one of those. <laughs> William, all right, William's up in his little ivory air ATC tower, just sneering, just looking down at the orange. Literally orange look, 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 look at these dudes who walk around with their wands and think they're so important. I'm up here calling shots, and I'm now Shot extremely caller. invested. I'm very invested in this uh, rivalry that I've created completely and totally in my head between <laughs> uh, air traffic control guys in the tower, the office workers, the drones, and then the, uh, the, the orange wand dudes. This is a good little Sharks and Jets sort of a thing. We can do a sitcom, <laughs> you know, an, an air traffic control station. I think it'd be good.
2: If anyone knows what those wand guys do, email us at ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com. And honestly, really I know these what the wand guys do. do. I know they what do. Do. they do. They do the planes. Yeah. They, take, they, they tell the that planes, that planes. all they, go. they do,
4: though? <laughs> That's kind <laughs> of important. What are you talking about? <laughs> I got a Snapple sack one side. <laughs> so So the
3: fucking planes don't crash. <laughs> Correct. I have a follow-up question for William. Why, when I landed in Phoenix, was there no gate available for me for 45 minutes, even though we've known for weeks that my plane was going to arrive at said time. So you're
4: just treating William now like like Southwest <laughs> customer service. I'm just
3: yelling at <laughs> him. Scr- I'm going to scream at William until he cries. Because I had to wait for 40 minutes on the tarmac.
2: Why did William. Southwest do a stock buyback instead of investing <laughs> in their digital infrastructure, William? Can we limit turbulence, William? I don't love that. <laughs> what's the deal with that?
5: William, if somebody stands
2: That's up and turbulence.
5: applauds immediately after the plane lands, am I permitted to buy air laws to just sock them in the face? Can that be allowed?
2: <laughs> no one talks about it. There's no laws in the air. When you're up in the air, there's no laws. No laws apply to you. It's international waters. Yeah. Skies. Again, what's up with the sky? Yeah. Okay. We're not meant to fly. Yeah,
3: <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into this real quick.
2: William- <laughs> this is
4: unnatural. Have you heard the story? We were giving of giving the Icarus. gift of flight. Okay. Man wasn't meant to fly. <laughs> <It's> unnatural. <laughs>
3: we can't understand heights that way. It's just not supposed to happen.
2: Stay on the ground. Williams got a two jargons and a lie on the air traffic controller thing. Nice. Oh, sick. This is great. Oh, nice. Two jargons and a lie, air traffic control world. First is down the shitter. Okay. Light chop. Like a chop, like a light chop. And then I'm Tom Cruising it.
3: Tom Cruising is fake. Flying right past Tom Cruising is fake. The the tower. Doing a flyby. Down the shitter uh, sounds bad. Like, I don't, we don't want to be talking something happens. A plane goes down the shitter.
4: Jargon implies, see, does jargon imply that this may not be official? you know, yeah. workplace, board, FAA you know, uh, that's what I was going to improved terminology right. because if, well, if as it's really just <laughs> jargon, I
2: I'm Tom Cruise and it might very well be real. Well, down the shitter. I don't think you could say on a radio, you can't say that to a pack. cat. Like you, sure can you, can you say could. that on your government. Can
5: you, is uh, the radio going to physically stop you from the words going through? Also, I, I just feel like people, I feel like pilots are one
3: step below locker room. Talk Craig,
5: yeah,
4: they're keeping it casual, <laughs> fast and loose. Yeah, they're all in the
2: military, you know?
5: yeah. <laughs> but they're wearing ties, man. They I think so, so does down the
3: shitter, maybe like if you circle the airport, you know what I mean, and then slowly descend in a circle like a corkscrew?
5: Who's descending that way? <laughs> if, you're if you're like flying fly into like
3: Kabul or <laughs> Kabul or whatever, how do you say that word? Kabul? Light Kabul? capital of Afghanistan? Yes, Kabul? Anyway. Kabul. <laughs> light light chop seems most likely to be real, what? right? Light, light I, chop yes. is just turbulence, like Craig was yeah. just saying.
5: Obviously, we all everybody knows Light Chop is real. I still think Tom Cruise in it. I think it's too on the nose. I don't think Air Traffic Control would want to be defined by Tom <laughs> Cruise. Tom Cruise in it is such is such an obvious choice that I would be surprised
4: that William, who works for Air Traffic Control, would add this because it seems so obvious to be fake. So that's why I'm going to say down the shitter's fake,
5: or, or, or Tom Cruise in it.
4: <laughs> like that, Does that anyone- is so obvious. Like the fact that he just launches, with like tosses in a Tom Cruise reference, like. That has to be real. Otherwise, it's way too blatant.
2: So Tom cruising is the lie.
5: Damn it. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> what's up, boy? Come on now. I, overth- I overthought oh, it,
3: I never actually, it. I never actually guessed. I just went along. Oh. With, I was just going Hy-fish along. High just kind of plows through. Yeah, that's fine. But whatever.
2: I just kind of like that Craig was certain. I expected too much out of you, William. Down the shitter just means they got 30 more minutes of work. Like you're going to be really busy. And then um, the light chop is exactly what you mean. Light turbulence. Yeah.
5: Light chop. Everybody knows
2: about a light. What, what does downshitter mean? Uh, he, yeah, honestly, it means like work. you're swamped, but like there's planes yeah. coming. So you can't actually like, you know, not, you, know, you, can't, you can't push your meeting. Yeah. It's
5: okay. a plane. Danny's trying to, to summon a hypothetical descent and landing pattern that involves the the toilet bowl. Tactical,
3: yeah. tactical landing or whatever they're called when you're like flying into a hot zone. That's what I was thinking.
4: It's when a plane circles a football stadium on Super Bowl Sunday. And it's about
5: to
2: fly over. <laughs> the Waiting
5: for add the rockets for a glare.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay.
2: All right. Let's get out of here. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Solak. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Kai, for producing this episode. Thank you, Lorne.
3: Lorne. Hey, thank you, Haley Williams.
2: Can, can we pretend that, that airplanes.
3: BOB
4: <laughs> was hot for like a good five years.
3: By the way, he's a flat earther. can not tell truther. you what
4: it
5: really is. I can only tell you what it feels like.
4: BOB is a flat earther. Ironic that he has
2: a song about airplanes. <laughs> Wait, can we just. <laughs> Did Solak just start doing like the Eminem Love the Way You Lie?
5: Is that not right? Is that something else?
2: Yeah, that was 100% Love the Way You Lie by Eminem. Yes,
5: (laughs) I love when this happens. (laughs) That's on me. I did my best. (laughs) At some point, somebody raps in airplanes, right?
2: Yeah.
4: Yes, B.O.B. It's it's his song. (laughs) Okay. But hey, uh, Ben's got Rihanna on the mind. I get it.
2: Yeah.
5: I enjoy the Rihanna performance a lot. I was like, I only know three Rihanna songs. And the whole time I was like, I know this one too. I was very <laughs> pleased.
2: Rihanna got me pregnant. Everyone was talking about it. Everyone, oh my everyone was, talking about, was it.
3: talking about you getting pregnant? Yeah
2: I, like, <laughs> yeah. I just saw it trending. I was like, oh,
3: everyone knows.
4: Heifetz pregnant? Question mark? That was what was trending. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. Emails at ringerfantasyfootball at What? About quarterbacks? Uh, About anything, players, you know? Players, movies, wand guys.
5: Different subsections of your workplace uh, employment that you hate, then I mean, you have this, <laughs> there's <this> <laughs> rivalries <laughs> of. That's what I'm invested in. That's
2: a good one. All right, goodbye, everyone.